0: Welcome to Episode 41 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. Uh,
1: my name is Kai Mickelson. I'm a graphic designer and independent filmmaker.
0: And we have a lot to talk about today.
1: Yeah, there's been a few things going on in the, uh, what is it called, the entertainment space? That, yeah. Yeah.
0: Just a, just a few things. Uh, we had, of course, the the Golden Globes happened on uh, uh, Sunday night and they were pretty awesome, especially if you're a fan of La La Land, which I saw for a third time since we, we last spoke.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Well, um, unfortunately for you, Emma, all critics disagree. La La Land is not a very good film.
0: <laughs> no or one agrees wait, with me.
1: <laughs> or to wait to the exact agreement with you. So congratulations yeah. on being right.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I, it makes me really happy when that's the case. <laughs> um, yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about that um of course I had a couple of events this past week with the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival so we're going to talk a little bit about that and what all they have in store um for their festival which kicks off on January 24th and then of course I had a press event on Monday night for This Is Us which is actually back tonight but if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it will have already happened, and hopefully we already know the answers to the questions that the fans of the series want to know. Um, <laughs> but we'll dive into that in just a little bit, and of course, I mean, we live in Atlanta, and we were supposed to have, like, a record snow day, so I feel like we should probably probably talk about what we did for the snow day.
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, I, well, I did the dumbest thing. I went to the store. The <laughs> that evil, was dumb. The, yeah, yeah. It was so <laughs> dumb, and I'm in there like waiting in line for like 45 minutes to buy food when i'm realizing the very thing i'm buying food to avoid is what i'm right in the middle of but at that point you know you're pot committed you're in line you can't step out of line so uh i mean we ate fine for that <laughs> horrific day of despair that was a non event
0: it was pretty insane, some of the videos that I saw on Facebook of people that had gone to, I think it was Trader Joe's here in Midtown, um, like, was out of everything. Literally, the shelves yeah. were completely empty. And it was like, you guys, it's going to be, like, one day that we were going to have things, or have <laughs> snow if we had even had it. It's like, you're not going to starve. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I think I
2: think
1: the whole thing was a ploy by, like, big business to sell bread. I think I think bread sales in the Atlanta area was slow, and they're like, "What are we gonna do? We're gonna make a snowstorm." You know, they'll they'll go for it, hook, line, and sinker. Because remember last time when people were giving birth on the freeways? (laughs) Yep, this is true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a pretty sad day, but I did get a lot of TV watching done, which was awesome because I had ten episodes of This Is Us that I needed to watch before the event that I went to last night. Right, and uh, got them all done. Nice. Right. If you've if you've seen the show, um, it's really really incredible. It's on NBC, and uh, it's it's really heavy. It's emotionally heavy, and it's it's very different than anything else. It's you know, kind of on, on broadcast. Um, but it's excellent. It's amazing. I cried during all six of the last episodes that I I watched on uh, snow day. Wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's how I spent my, my snow day. And then I fell asleep, um, watching. I love you, man. Cause you know, what do you need on snow day? You need a little Jason Siegel.
1: Well, I was going to say Paul Rudd, but you know, to each their own.
0: <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I did have some other cool stuff last week too. Uh the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival, which kicks off on January twenty-fourth, um and goes until February fifteenth. They've already started kind of having a few of their events around town. And they have a a kind of preview party. This was the second year that they've done it, uh, to basically announce the lineup and, and walk you through all of the the main or the I guess the the most uh notable films that they're going to be showing at the festival and kind of give you an idea of what's new and what you can expect. And this event uh, was for, I guess, more of their their big sponsors, some of the big big partnerships that they have. And it was at the Atlanta History Center, which was uh, just an amazing event. It was such great networking. like It was like the president of Turner Classic Movies was there and um, just everyone involved in the festival and getting to you know hear about like all the good that they're doing in the community beyond just what they're trying to accomplish with the festival and what all that they have planned it it's my first year being a part of it and it's really exciting because it sounds really freaking cool nice so i'm excited i'm excited so i'm going to be uh reviewing a couple of those films that air during the festival and then of course going to opening and closing night so hopefully there'll be some some cool stories there with that but uh but, yeah, so that was my last week in a nutshell. Uh, did you do anything cool?
1: Brilliant. Uh, I just flew home from Connecticut with the baby and then waited in a grocery store for an hour to get some frozen pizzas. So, yes, I did amazing things.
0: That <laughs> sounds week. like a pretty, pretty amazing week you had there. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff.
0: Uh I love it. I love it. Um Well, you did watch the Golden Globes on Sunday. I'm very proud that you did did watch it. (laughs) I did. (laughs) What did you think about that opening number? I Uh, thought
1: that was amazing. Okay, see, you know what? Uh, uh, It's funny. I was talking about this with my wife this morning, and I'm like, now I have not seen La La Land three times. Um, (laughs) So when I first watched it, I was like, dude, this is exactly what uh, Kimmel did for the Grammys. Not for the Grammys. Wait, what's the TV ones? <laughs> the Emmys. <laughs> Thank you for the love of Pete. Yeah, that's the same. I felt I felt it was very similar to what was done for the the Emmys, um, where like it started out with a car and he had to get there because he was late. But I hadn't seen uh, La La Land, but I did appreciate that the Stranger Things like suddenly had a hip hop thing out of the back of a van. That was fun.
0: Well, you know where that came from is they had um, those cast members from the show on Fallon and they were playing some sort of game. I can't remember what the name of it was, but essentially they would say like a, a fact and then they had to like spray with silly string the person that they thought that fact was about. Oh, yeah. And so, for Millie Bobby Brown, the actress that plays Eleven, um, the the fact was, you know, can perfectly rap this Nicki Minaj song, which she then proceeded to do, and it kind of became this thing that everyone was talking about. So, it kind of fit in perfectly, and even more so with the fact that Fallon was hosting this. Um, But even more so than that, the fact that Barb is still alive, like... I'm yeah. so happy. No, I'm that, so happy. That
1: that was actually, that made me really happy. That whole, like, water, uh, whatever, synchronized swimming bit with her was like, yep. all right, that, they they put a lot into that one joke, and I appreciate that. So,
0: uh, Same here. But all of the jokes they had in there, you know, with um, Kit Harington, of course, Jon Snow on Game of Thrones. Waking up. Being asleep and looking dead. Yeah. And, then, like, yeah. it's, um, it was just really cool. It's, uh, they uh, they touched on a lot of the fandoms that I personally love, so I really appreciated that.
1: No, that's <laughs> that cool. Made for I, me. I, I'll I'll admit, I like for whatever reason the the music didn't move me, but I mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, but I I you know it, when you mention those specific things, I'm like, I guess those things by themselves are good, but I still I think I got stuck on the fact like this is exactly what they did for the Emmys or whatever the name of the TV award one is. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, if had you gone to see La La Land even once, <laughs> you would probably see this is so much fun. I totally got why or get why you like to do this with Agnes and like it's or Angus, it was such a it's it's so fun to kind of just bully you about this. Uh,
1: well, I just I just want you to know that I kept saying, "Well, see, so I like I need to take my wife to see La La Land because I'm like it's obviously the best movie ever made. It just pretty much swept the Golden Globes. So. it did
0: it did and fun fact it has uh it's won more golden globes than any other movie has it won all 7 that it was nominated for and previously um the film that had been nominated for the most hold on i have this right here it's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and uh which was 1975 and then 1978's Midnight Express and both of those were nominated um i well they won 6 each one of those won 6 i'm not sure how many they were nominated for but um, so yeah, La La Land, that's every award it was nominated for. That's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, that's pretty insane.
0: Just like the movie.
1: <laughs> just, just like saying. the movie. I will enjoy enjoy lording over me on this one. This well, is my I'm, gift. This is my just, gift to you.
0: I'm just going to say that this Friday the 13th, it comes out in IMAX. So you have another chance <laughs> to go see it in an even bigger and grander fashion.
1: Let me guess. Are you, you going to be there, Emma, to see that in IMAX? Yeah, I'm totally going to go see it a
0: fourth time. Are you kidding me? I'm like totally there.
1: <laughs> is it going to be in 3D? Is it going to be IMAX 3D Lala Land?
0: <laughs> I'd go see that too. <laughs> this time
1: it's La-er. I don't know. I got to work on the tagline, but you know, so, there's
0: something there. Something yeah, there.
1: I think I think it could work. No, I, I, I'm I'm actually uh, very happy. I thought uh, I thought Gosling had a had a pretty good speech. I felt like his joke should have gotten more laughs. I thought it was pretty funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I liked his opening with uh, saying that he gets, you know, confused for for Ryan Reynolds. That was, but what's even more amazing, and a lot of people haven't realized this, is that when Ryan Gosling was coming up onto the stage to accept his award, if you look at Ryan Reynolds, he's actually making out with Andrew Garfield.
1: Yes, I did notice that. And I was like, what was
0: happening there? I know. It's just this amazing moment of Deadpool and Spider Man, just, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: all up on each other. I love it. Is that
1: what they were going for? That's really funny. They just never I'm got at, their close-up?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what they're going for, but that's the only kind of thing I can really... I can really make out of it, because I don't know what else to do with that. <laughs>
1: it is really funny, because I did notice I'm like, oh, they must have been goofing off up there. Maybe maybe they'll come around to that. And then and then I kind of forgot about it, so I love that you brought it up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> It was a very memorable moment. Uh, but yeah, overall, I thought... Um, the awards were, I, I really expected Best Motion Picture to go to Manchester by the Sea instead of Moonlight, um, and I expected uh, Best Actress to go to Natalie Portman for Jackie, and yeah. instead it went to Isabelle Herbert for Elle, uh, which is a French film. I've not seen it. I'm going to try to see it, though, before uh, before the Oscars. But other than that, I, I wasn't too surprised by, by any of the... The awards
1: well I want to I, give Atlanta some love I didn't think that it would do what it did to be honest
0: yeah that but, was uh, pretty awesome that
1: was fantastic and and I I to me personally, I totally think it's well deserved like the same way you're like La La land's the best I feel like I was that kind of guy for Atlanta to I just love that show um and then uh I, both of my uh my man crushes had a pretty good moment in in the whole situation because Donald Glover of course won and then I thought Matt uh, Matt Damon coming up and talking about how, like, oh, The Martian won for a comedy. And <laughs> just now was literally funnier than anything that happened in The Martian. So I was like, That's yeah. true. Yeah. So.
0: It's, it's uh, yeah, that's a great point. And I, I don't know how many times I, I referenced that last year. Like, what the yeah. heck is this movie doing <laughs> in this category? I mean, <laughs> it did have some funny moments. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't a comedy at all. Uh, but I appreciate Matt Damon's ability to continue to poke fun at himself for that, and and at the uh, the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press for that.
1: Okay, and uh, just to just you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you what my personal highlight of the entire thing was. Go. All right, it's uh, it's when they presented uh best animated film for Zootopia. For Zootopia. it's not who won; it's the way the category was presented.
0: Ah, uh, with Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig. That That's was brilliant. <laughs> the one.
1: I was laughing so hard. Steve Carell killed it. Like, they, if, if you guys didn't see it, he basically comes up and they talk about, like, hey, when would you first see a cartoon? And both of them, it turns out, had a horrible story combined with the cartoon that they saw. And for whatever reason, the Golden Globes let those two presenters have, like, I seriously think, like, four minutes of stage time. And it just went, I don't know. I was laughing so heartily at Steve Carell. He's one of my favorites from a funny Talented guy perspective So
0: I completely agree I've I've had a Steve Carell like void in my heart since The Office ended and um, <laughs> it was it was such a great moment though they were hysterical and it was Kristen Wiig was definitely trying not to like break into laughter telling you know her her version of what happened to her they were both just like I was laughing so hard it well, was Steve a great Carell, moment Steve
1: it seemed like he was actually tearing up it seemed like he was actually tearing up which was it just did. a brilliant performance <laughs> in that moment in that set of circumstances I don't know I, just on an aside I happen to see the big short while we were in Connecticut, and he's brilliant in that too. It's he's just uh, he's just good. And then um and and the whole thing obviously gave uh, our president elect one more opportunity to show how classy he is. So yep. Yeah, yep. There's I'm glad he had
0: that. that opportunity. Yeah,
1: thank goodness.
0: <laughs> you know, I do have to just say, you know, a lot of people have have kind of given um Merrill crap about what she what she said, but I really I don't think she said anything that was uh, really controversial or crazy or anything. Basically, just speaking on human decency and we should all be held accountable for and hold each other accountable and not bully, not, you know, bullying and violence isn't the answer, like bringing people together. And what she said, too, the the quote about um uh, take your broken heart and make art. Like I just thought everything that she said was was so classy with such a beautiful message behind it. i don't I don't really understand the people that have a problem with it because I thought it was very very classy and not I, di- I didn't find it personally con- controversial at all.
1: I, I, I'm right there with you and, and I think that there's a um, there, there's like a certain point where you're so like like committed to a brand or something. You know, that you'll fight for it no matter what. I just I do want to ask certain people like, OK, so now are you still feeling like, oh, this was the this was the right call. This is the guy I want representing me because it's just right. like every opportunity, at least in my own eyes. And I would actually love to have a real conversation with somebody about about this. But uh, it's just like, dude, time after time, the guy just proves that, like, what the hell Dude, yeah. you've done it. You've won. You don't have to keep proving it. <laughs> like,
0: Exactly. And people are going to say, I mean, regardless of who who was elected president, people are going to have both good and bad things to say about you. You don't need to defend yourself against every single negative comment that has been made. You know, it's just like you have more important things to do than go around and play a he said, she said game.
1: Right. And then calling uh, calling that woman overrated... Yeah. It's yeah. like nobody nods in <laughs> agreement. Like, totally. Yeah. She should never have acted. Like, dude, just take a breath. Yeah. Take a breath. And, and,
0: and that was her whole montage of everything she's been in. And I, I, was, I was saying this on Sunday night. I can't imagine what it's like for you to sit in a room of not only your peers, but the next generation of, you know, Hollywood and yeah. see this. This montage of all of this work that you've created over your lifetime and what a massive impact it's had on on not only fans, but Hollywood and, and, and culture in general. She's accomplished so much and she's so inst- extremely talented that it's uh, it was it was beautiful to see a montage that really reflected that.
1: I, I completely agree. I, I feel like she is. Um, it actually made me want to go back and watch some of her old stuff.
0: Yeah, same you know, here.
1: I, I actually, this is a weird thing, but I was, I love that movie Death Becomes Her when I was younger. I have not seen it probably since the VHS era, but like Bruce Willis was in it. I think her and Goldie Hawn, I think, were the leads in the film. Have you yeah. ever seen that film?
0: I haven't, uh, yeah. but when I was watching it, my, my boyfriend was saying the same thing about how much he loved it. And I was like, well, I need to, I need to watch this because I haven't seen it.
1: I mean, it's no Angus. I'm just kidding. No, but uh but honestly uh it I just remember it being a really good time like it made me actually a fan of Bruce Willis way back in the day. I thought anyways, but I I forget like holy crap that was her, you know, cuz her 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 roles have had so much range and so many different um looks to them. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it turns out uh, she is a true Hollywood legend. And, she is. Uh, I agree with your sentiment. Like, sometimes, like, there's certain celebrities where I'm like, oh, stay in your lane. But uh, I didn't feel that way at all. In fact, I feel like because she has so much esteemed credibility in that space, it, it was, like, almost like her responsibility to have to to at least at least own the elephant that's in the room, you know?
0: Right, right.
1: So, Anyways, Golden Globes. Go Golden Globes. So, it uh, was awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, uh, you know, we'll have Oscar nominations coming out soon, which, of course, will reflect this, and I think uh, I think there may be some surprises in it after this. I think Emily, or Emily, Emma Stone, her name is actually Emily Stone, uh, <laughs> but she couldn't go by that, so another fellow Emily out there going by Emma. I love mm. it. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> But there's a couple of actresses that I think are probably going to be more favored for their categories um, or, or just more, I guess, properties in general, actors and actresses and uh, uh, films that may have not been considered the front runner um, for the award that may be considered that now.
1: So Yeah, that was, uh, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, so we'll keep you posted on that when those nominations come out. Um, But moving right along, also at the Golden Globes, um, actually that night, um, uh, the lady that I spoke with last night from This Is Us, Susan Kalichi Watson, um, she was actually there in support of This Is Us because it was nominated for um, Best Television Drama, and it didn't win. That that award went to the crown, which I've not seen, Um, but it's got to be pretty freaking good to have won over This Is Us and Stranger Things, both of which... I've made quite known how much I love them. <laughs> but, um, anyways, um, Susan was in Atlanta last night. We got to, um, go to an event where we had, you know, kind of a, a sit down dinner and then these round table interviews with her. And she was such a sport. She, uh, of course was at the golden globes the night before and then had a 5am call time to get on a flight to, to fly out here to Atlanta to be wow. able to do the press last night. Um, so she was, she was a trooper. um, She was incredibly sweet and talked to us about um, not only what we can expect with the series coming back uh, tonight, uh, January 10th, and what kind of is in store for the remaining episodes of the season. So there's going to be 18 episodes in total, and tonight is episode 11. There's a character, um, Toby who had a uh had a little incident in the the midseason finale and we're not totally sure if he makes it. It's kind of presented that he didn't, but we don't know for sure that he did. Um uh that he did pass. So we're hoping that he's still there and um a part of the show because he was such a great character and I have to say that I didn't see that moment coming at all, which made me love this show so much more because I <laughs> 'm always I feel like I'm always able to kind of predict what's coming and when a show is able to not only make you cry make you laugh and surprise you um, it's generally not something that you would expect to see on broadcast TV and it's really it's a really uh, a, the, in my opinion the best show that NBC has so anyway without further ado um, here is our roundtable interview with Susan Kalishi-Watt.
1: Watson. Uh, also, I'm just going to throw this out here, fun fact. I think she also plays Louis C.K.'s ex-wife in uh, Louie. That's where I recognize her from. So. Oh, cool. Isn't that fun? So, That's uh, fun.
2: Fun fact.
1: Here she is. Here she is now. Hi, I'm Susan.
2: I'm Matt. Nice to meet you, Matt. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you, Emma. Rodney, Land of Constitution. Yeah. What's your name? Yep. Rodney. Huh. Rodney. I'm, nice to meet you, Rodney. Nice to meet you. Oh, <laughs> I feel wow. like you have to be exhausted. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I slept for two hours. I think I did slept until. You on a
1: plane, or did you just do? You awake the whole
2: time? I I got a little bit on the plane, a little bit. It was like a three-hour flight. I might may, maybe an hour of it. I slept, but that's fine. <laughs> get it where we can, you know. You guys give me energy, so that's good.
0: Yeah. Um, well, we dive right back
2: into things tomorrow night. Uh-huh. What can you kind of tease about tomorrow's <laughs> episode? Nothing. Next question. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what happens tomorrow night? I always that say so, Toby. I know. <laughs> you can't say what happened to Toby. Uh, I can't say. I wish I could. Actually, I don't. It's too fun. Um, but I can't. That's that's like its own yeah. whole thing. But. Um, what I can say is that, you know, when we first, when we last left off, um, William <laughs> had sort of like come out the closet in a way or and <clears throat> about his bisexuality and stuff. And so we're going to see how we as a family deal with that, you know, that new piece of information and and also deal with how he now wants to spend his time. Outside of the house, do you know what I mean? A little bit more, and, yeah. and so we kind of vie for his time in a way. Um,
1: so we're gonna see his boyfriend a little more, I guess. Um, Hopefully.
2: we, um, maybe, I maybe. know we'll talk about him more, but um, and I mean, um, Dennis O'Hare is like amazing. Um, and we, yeah, no, we actually will get more of Dennis O'Hare, so that's good, yeah, yeah. We're, not, we're, we're shooting like so far ahead of what you guys are seeing, so sometimes yeah. I have to remind myself of what it is, but 15 yeah, 15 or 16 right now, or? we're going into. 16. Yeah. We so got pretty close to the end. Of yeah, 16. to 18. Yeah. Yep. Have you read all the scripts to the end? Or you don't even know what's going to happen. Uh, we have a basic idea of what may happen, but I, I you know, they're still being written. Mm. So I think the thing that is the latest complete script is 116 but everything else is like still story and process, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: What's your take on just the quality of the scripts? I mean, these are such intricate types of storytelling Mm -hmm. because you're having to go back in time and try and connect to present day. It's very Mm -hmm. complicated. Mm -hmm. What what are your feelings whenever you read through a script?
2: You know what, I I try to like, I try to like stay in my lane when I read a script. You know, sometimes like Ron Cephas Jones kind of taught me this idea, but, um, and he plays William, but he, he actually takes out, he makes a mini script, like he'll pull out his sections and like bind it and like arc out his story in a way. And, and in some ways I kind of do the same thing. I kind of go into the script and go, okay, where is Beth? And, and, and kind of map out her journey. So that I stay in my lane, so that whatever else is happening outside of what's happening with her is fresh to me. Do you know what I mean? So that things happen in the moment, because in, you know, true to life, we wouldn't know what's happening in somebody else's life journey. We wouldn't know it so specifically. We would literally have to just respond, you know, in the moment. And it would have to meet me where I am, you know, on my journey.
1: So, so, so do you try to watch the episodes like a viewer? Like you
2: I do. I try. I try. I feel like it's difficult with this series because I'm so involved in it. It's hard to step away, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And sort of not see... You know the other side of it you know but but i so i like watching it with people because it kind of helps me to see it as like an audience member yeah at
1: at what point did you realize that you were working on something special because i mean this like was it when you read the first script or was Mm -hmm. it after it's already been aired like at what point
2: i think the first script was really like that was a wow factor kind of script like as soon as I got to the end of that script I knew that I had to go and like test for this series um what point did I know was special I you know it's hard to say because I feel like people kept saying it and I was so in the moment with it that I was just trying to figure out like what was the next step you know but then when we got all those views um for the um for the initial. Teaser trailer, trailer for the pilot. Yeah, Yeah. and we got you know like over a hundred million or something like this views, and I thought, wow, you know what I mean? (laughs) Really? (laughs) What? You know? And and then like after it aired, because when it first aired, then you know. the the amount of viewers that stayed with it and and really were interested in it and loved it. So it was a process. It was like you know a little bit, and then you know a little bit more, and then you know a little bit more, and then you go, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't say it happened for me all at once at all.
0: Did you have any ideas to your backstory coming into this? Did they give you a little bit more information than maybe we've seen on screen with with your story?
2: I think they were still creating it when I came into it. You know, I think that they, um, the... the pri- primary focus was you know the core Pearson family um, first, and then which which is great because it gave a lot of room for Beth to play and for them to start to create things about Beth and her family and and for me to have input on that so she 's still you know forming, but there is a lot you know every episode now you kind of learn a little bit more about her family you learn a little bit more about um, where she's come from and and sort of what has made her her like we've learned about her father and we've learned that she grew up in a house with like 14 people in it and that they're Caribbean and that you know um, Jamaican specifically and you know that she didn't want to get married and you know so things start to like I keep calling her like a like a slow peeling onion or something you know there's like all these layers that slowly get to unfold where I feel like the rest of the family sort of like had to give you a lot of their story up front. You know, so it gives her an opportunity to get to have like a slow burn, but it's definitely something that they're they're exploring and they're talking about even more fully as the season goes on.
1: Yeah, yeah your marriage with Randall and Ben's marriage seems very very secure at this point. Is, mm-hmm. ha- has it always been the case? Do you know the backstory in terms of how smooth the marriage has been over this you know, period of time?
2: You know, you know, I I would say that they have a pretty healthy marriage. I think they have a pretty healthy relationship. It's not that they don't go through things and actually you'll see more of that <laughs> as the season unfolds because you start to see some of the cracks in and the wear and tear of all the drama that's been happening, uh, for lack of a better word, but, like, you'll start to see it. Um, and in a way, you know, they're still at a young stage in their marriage. They've been together for a long time. They're, like, childhood, you know, sweethearts or teenage sweet, high school sweethearts, but, like, you know... In terms of how long they've been married, it's like, what, like eight years or something like that. And so they're still, um, and then they have kids and, you know, so this whole aspect of like family, they're still figuring out, but I feel like they feel like they have it, they had it pretty under control yeah. until Seems everything like else started happening. And now they're trying to figure that out. So I, I you know, I'm really interested in myself in seeing how we handle some of the stuff that's going on. Cause you do start to see, uh, Beth, feel the weight of it. I can say that much. Yeah.
1: Well, it seemed like the first moment was the,
2: the pregnancy. The oh, yeah. Scare. 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 Yeah. That was the first. Yeah, real she didn't want She was like, I think I'm good. I think I'm good with two. You know? And I think he was good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, his point of view was like, he could have done a little bit. He could have he done it. He would have figured it out, you know, and he could work and he could do. And she was like, you know for women it's different i think life stops in a different way or pauses in a different way for women and then and then it's about trying to play catch-up to get back to where you wanted to be and she didn't want to go through that she was like i think i like where things are now you know and so yeah i think i think another big one was you know first when william came home um and then the third was like when she found out that him and Rebecca knew each other. And they were mm-hmm. keeping yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, that whole thing from her and then And then the next one is going to be as William's health deteriorates, how does she sort of monitor uh, Randall as he you know, he has issues with things being really stressful, you know, as we learned like in episode 2 where she had to really protect him because so you know we're going to start to see how she deals with, with all those things because right now she is sort of the one who you know because of her position tries to hold everything together and you know what I mean make sure everyone's okay and then you know what happens if she Isn't okay, you know what I mean? So, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, What are her feelings? You think uh, last question. Cat with the twins at the moment. Where do you think she's at with basically Randall's, you know, brother and sister? Like how does she feel about them? Yeah
2: you know she loves him I think she you know she has this little kind of antagonistic relationship with Kevin but yeah but I think she just treats him like a brother like she knows like he has that Hollywood way of like freeloading without saying he's freeloading you know what I mean like and he has this way of kind of cavalierly you know traveling through life that she's that she will, like, call him on, you know? But I think she does it like like family. She's just not afraid to just say, when you're leaving, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, in the next episode, um, you know, we'll see, like, her you know he gets a little comfortable in the house and for her to like check him on that but she loves him and i think i think she adores Kate i think her and Kate get along like gangbusters i was like there's going to be oh i think there was an episode i kept saying this i was like there's totally going to be an episode where you and i do karaoke and i think there was like the christmas episode you see like clips of us like doing karaoke and stuff like that so i think like she adores her and then kevin is like like, the brother, you know what I mean, that she probably has, but, like, that that brother that just, you know, you know you can go back and forth with them. It's still all love, but you call them on their stuff. Yeah. Thank you, so much. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Good it. Good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you.
0: So that was our interview with Susan. Um... It's it's such an amazing show. I was I was kind of hoping she was going to have like an aha moment when she was either filming a scene or you know reading a script where she's like this is freaking awesome. <laughs> um, but I think she uh, well especially when the trailer it was pretty remarkable what the trailer for this show did with getting you know millions of views before the show even premiered and it was such a highly anticipated show of um, twenty sixteen fall season. Um, She's a part of something really special and she she definitely she definitely gets that and seems to really love what she's doing.
1: Yeah, she uh she impressed me um because she 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 kind of stopped to introduce herself to everybody at the very beginning of the interview, which yeah. already, to me shows a lot of class. Um and I also really like what she said about uh you know, just what she picked up from one of her co-stars about like don't control what you can't control essentially. Cause in real life, you wouldn't know all that stuff. Just, just focus on your character. Um, kind of making your own little script. I thought that was, uh, that was a pretty interesting insight. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I like her. I liked her and Louis CK too. Cause I always thought it was cool that she was cast for a role where obviously it would be impossible for them to have the kids they had in that show, which I thought was, <laughs> I honestly, I thought that was really cool. I just love like, and I think I saw an interview with Louis, like, well, she was the best actress for the part. Like, all right. Well, right. There it goes.
0: And she's uh she is really an amazing actress and her character um on this show is really probably one of the more grounded and rational characters out of all of the ones on the show too. So she's kind of more of the you know, the rock of the family. At least that's that's kind of how I see her. Um so I'm I'm really excited to see what more they do with her character because she does definitely has the acting chops to do it and I think she's probably got a pretty cool story behind her and I would love to know more about how her and Randall who plays her husband on the show how they met and um, kind of dive more into that story and then more of her story of how she came to meet him and I don't know if that'll be season one or two or three or whenever, but of course she couldn't, she couldn't dive into all that kind of fun stuff. So it was no point in even asking her, <laughs> it would just be like, are there any surprises coming up in this
1: House? Right, right. <laughs> it's a good question, though. You should keep that in mind for some celebrity in the future.
0: I will. Yeah. You know what? It's always in the back of my mind. <laughs> Nice. uh, um, but she was a super cool lady and it was really cool that they uh they brought her here and that she was game to do it the night after the Golden Globe. So
1: Yeah, kudos to her. her. Kudos to her and for being so polite uh, yeah. at the beginning and introducing herself to everybody. So
0: that's definitely something that's really cool when they come in. It's uh, one of my favorite interviews uh, I did for Divergent with uh, Shaylee Woodley and, and Theo James. And um, when when she came in, Shaylee came in, she went around and she hugged everyone, and that's like cool. introduced herself. And it was just such a sweet kind of thing. So when you know they take the time to actually like make some sort of personal connection with each and every person that that's interviewing them, I just think that's. It's really, it's really nice, and it's really classy.
1: Nice, I, I agree. I think, and but I I think it's uh, it speaks a lot. To, yeah, because I could only imagine, like after a certain moment, it's like you know, there's only so many times you want to talk your way out of giving away any spoilers from yeah. somebody who's trying to get that spoiler so they can report it. Um, exactly. But uh, I, I really appreciate it. Like, uh, in fact, at the beginning of the interview, she one of the guys says she works for the Atlantic Constitution Journal, and she reiterates, yeah, but what's your name? And I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's a lady really trying to connect with the guy. And now I yep. guess I have to retrospectively leave that. I was going to edit that out, but maybe that's part of it. <laughs> um, so, that, yeah, so, uh, that's really cool. You got an opportunity to connect with her.
0: Yeah, yeah. she's a, She was a really wonderful lady, so... That was that, and the show, of course, is back tonight, which by the time you guys are listening to this, it will have already aired. So if you didn't see it, then go check it out on either NBC.com or um, one of your other sh- It's probably on Hulu, I would assume, since Universal owns Hulu, too. Um, so go go find a place to watch it. You won't regret
1: it. Nice. It's no La La Land.
0: It's no La La Land, but, you know, <laughs> few things are. <laughs> right. Um, but on that note, um, La La Land is still killing it at the box office. It is now in fifteen hundred theaters. I feel like we've kind of watched this little the little, little movie that could grow up, <laughs> um, from its two hundred theaters to its now fifteen hundred theaters. Um, the film came in seventh, or excuse me, fifth this weekend. Um, and it is its fifth week of release, and it made 10 million this weekend, and bringing its its total to what it has made so far to 51.7 million. And of course, it was a 30 million budget, uh, production budget to make it. Coming in first was Hidden Figures, uh, just barely beating out Rogue One, which uh, ended up coming in right at 22 million. Hidden Figures coming in at 22.8 million. Um, seeing coming in at third with 20 million underworld blood wars coming in at 13 million, despite the fact that I've heard no one talk about this movie because they didn't do screenings for press. Wow. Um, which is generally, I we've talked about this before when they don't screen a movie for press it's usually a bad thing. Right? It's, it's, it's usually it's bad. <laughs> um, so they right. just don't want people talking about that.
1: Right. So, uh, um, <laughs> I, I got a question for you. I mean, uh, I know you're a big homer for La La Land, and for good reason, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's now in fifth place. Um, where's it going to peak? You
0: how, know what? How high is it going to go? I. That's a good question. Um, it is in more theaters now. It is getting more attention. I think once the Oscar nominations come out, that's going to help it a little more. It's going to be going into IMAX theaters. Um, I think it... I think it could make it up there. There's not really any other movies coming out this month that are that great or gonna give it really that much competition. Um, Rogue One, I think, is, you know, it's been in the theater now for four weeks. It's starting to fall a little bit. Hidden Figures just came into wide release, but I don't think it will do as amazingly next week as it did this week. I think Sing is, uh, I mean, all of these are really, these are all kind of falling at this point. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go for it and I'm gonna say, one. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna, gonna go be in the to top one spot.
1: Bold. Yes. Bold. 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 I like it. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I hope I'm not wrong again. <laughs> La La
1: Land is gonna make more money than Rogue One. Emma said it. I'm just kidding. That's a joke.
0: For for a ti- for a one week period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um I'll stick behind that. Yeah. Nice. Why? I like why it. not?
1: Cool. <laughs> I like to put words in your mouth that you somehow come around and say, "All right, I guess I did say that. That's cool." <laughs>
0: um, I, I mean, it's it's the perfect date movie. Valentine's Day is coming up. I think it's way more of an awesome movie than I predict Fifty Shades Darker will be. So, I mean, I think it's going to be around for a little bit.
1: <laughs> nice. I. Uh, you know what? I, I think. Um, I mean, sweeping. Sweeping everything certainly adds some intrigue from the Golden Globes, and uh, I didn't even think about the Valentine's Day angle.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so there you go. It's I be think a, it's,
0: it's got some potential in it. Number
1: yet. one. I like it.
0: <laughs> um, well, on the movie note, Sing Street is our, our film review for today. It has been out of theaters for a while. Um, it came out. I believe it was uh well it came out in march 17th of last year in ireland i don't have the release date in front of me but i want to say it was sometime in the the early summer for for when it came out here uh but again you know we were talking about this the the whole being written by and directed by the same person and of yep. course sing street is another one um john carney both wrote and directed it and um official short description of the film. It's about a boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s. He escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress a girl that he likes. So a little something that everyone can relate to there. And, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, uh, okay. Well, uh,
1: so it, to get ready, ladies and gentlemen, this is our official Atlas review of, uh, Sing Street. Sing Street. Good Lord. Well, the movie that Emma just referenced. I'm sorry for my brain, everybody. (laughs) All right. So uh, on a scale of one to five, five, I'm bored out of my gourd. Uh, How bored were you watching this film? Zero. Man, you've been on a streak of zeros lately. Not I'm lie. telling you, at yeah. the end
0: of the year, there's so many good movies. It's, right. it's why I'm just not going to see any of the movies that are coming out in theaters in January, because they're all crap. <laughs> <So>. Right.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right. With the exception of La La Land, of course. Right. Don't get it twisted, listeners. <laughs> um, okay, so zero on a, on a boredom scale. Uh, were you rolling your eyes at all during I, this
0: film? I, I wasn't. Not at all. So another I, zero. Another zero.
1: Okay, so uh, just why was it so damn good?
0: Um, not only is the story uh, super cute and relatable, you know, about, about someone having a crush on someone else and trying to impress them and, you know, um, basically start at this band because he's trying to impress this girl, but also they're kind of really good at it. And all of the characters are, are quirky and adorable and hilarious in their own way. And the music is fantastic, um, especially there, there's this one song, uh, Drive It Like You Stole It, which is it was nominated for a uh, one of the, the original songs, for the Golden Globes, and I'm sure it will be for the Oscars, too, um, although up against City of Stars from... La La Land, it's it's not gonna win, but um it's a <laughs> Let me just say, watching job.
1: watching the Golden Globes, I was like, Oh great, congratulations, other songs going against La La Land. That's how <laughs> I felt. Anyways, sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to
0: no, I, I feel like it's almost like La La Land should have had its own music category because it's got two really strong songs from it, uh, more than that, honestly, but um, two that are nominated. And it's right. it's kind of unfair when you have Sing Street here with this really awesome song that's just not going to get the attention it deserves because it's it's not, you know, City of Stars or Audition from, from La La Land. So. <laughs> um, but the music is fantastic. Uh, the, the story is fantastic. It's... You know, I think we also kind of talked about this before that there were so many movies the end of this year and really for award season as a whole that are just really emotionally heavy, dark, sad, depressing movies. Yeah. Uh this is not so it's, you know, I watched Manchester by the Sea um, first with our, our little movie group. We had our little movie night and we watched that. And then we were all like, oh, my God, we need to watch something happy. <laughs> and so then we put in Sing Street and it was just um, I want to watch that one again, too. And my understanding is that it's on Netflix now. So if you want to check it out, it's uh, definitely worth watching. And the music is so catchy. I've had that one song stuck in my head. Uh, since I saw it originally.
1: Nice. Well, that's uh, that's a good nod for it. All right, so uh, all the performances were good?
0: All of them were fantastic.
1: Well, I guess it's the moment of truth. What uh, full <laughs> full official Atlas score?
0: I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a full Atlas.
1: Man, we're just giving these things away like candy. <laughs>
0: I know. I feel bad that I've like given this to like the last like five movies I've seen. Um but they I, again it's like this is not gonna be the trend going into uh twenty seventeen. I guarantee you when I see Fifty Shades Darker, it will not be a full Atlas. Um but but some of these movies um that are, you know, obviously getting attention and praise and, and being nominated, uh, they really deserve it and they're the best films that twenty sixteen had to offer, so there were some good ones.
1: Nice, nice. Well, so there you have it. It's it's yet another atlas for it Sing is. Street, which is on Netflix. I totally noticed it on Netflix, and I have yet to watch it on Netflix.
0: Well, you've you've got a week.
1: I do. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna watch it.
0: I I think you guys would like it. You should have like a little have family night, have some pizza, have some wine, and watch some Sing Street.
1: Nice pizza and wine. What a classy. Accommodation.
0: That's what I do. <laughs>
1: I like it. I think I, I, seriously, I mean, you just went from a four of sophistication to a nine. Well done.
0: Score. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do have some cool stuff coming for next week. I'm not sure what film review we'll have, but we'll have one. Um, I still have a few more screeners to watch and I'm actually going to see the little mermaid at the Fox theater, uh, on Thursday night. It is playing from Thursday through Sunday not I I, I've heard that it's really good I'm not really sure how they're going to do it much like I'm not sure how they're going to do the Disney live-action Little Mermaid either right um but I'm excited to see their interpretation of it maybe after seeing that on the stage I'll have a little bit clearer of an idea of what Disney is going to do with a live-action Little Mermaid um And, of course, I'm also going to... This is a little bit different of an event for me. Um, I'm going to a preview event with the ADAC, which is the Atlanta Decorative Arts Center. And it's basically a look at some of the interior design trends for 2017. Oh wow! Uh, so it's a, a little artsy event. So we'll see what see what that's like. I'm trying to, you know, keep it keep it classy.
1: Keep it classy. Well, be it sure classy. bring some pizza and a, and and a, and a box of wine. But just bring that with you and enjoy <laughs> enjoy enjoy the, enjoy the sights.
0: That sounds like an awesome night.
1: <laughs> it actually kind of does, to be honest with you. I want to go, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I'll let you guys know how all of that is next week, and then hopefully, in the, the tradition of the Atlas, we'll have some surprises, too.
1: Mm, we like surprises.
0: We do like surprises. And on that note, too, um, there is going to be a surprising twist, uh, which I think I may have already like totally spoiled on a past episode of this, um, to Project Cosplay, which is thursday the 19th uh you're not going to want to miss it joystick 9 p.m get there before that to get drinks and a seat it's going to be the biggest mess you've ever seen <laughs>
1: so yes and, and
0: i say that in like mess in like a fun comedic way like it's just going to be
1: <laughs> not an, an actual, awesome awesome mess not an actual like there is bird shit everywhere <laughs> why did no. i come to this yeah
0: <laughs> it won't be like that but it'll be yeah. hysterical. Um, I'm not nervous about it yet, but I'm probably going to be the closer I get to it. So um, yeah we'll we'll see how this one turns out. It's gonna be a little bit different than the others, but it's gonna be a total blast. so nice. make sure make sure to make note of that if you can make it out that night.
1: I'm calling it right now. I'm making this so superficial. I am going to be there. I'm not gonna be out of town. Nothing weird's gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna be there.
0: All right, I'm yeah. holding you to it.
1: I know, look out. Yeah, you don't even, you're like, okay, sure. Yeah, very trustworthy co-host here. Yeah.
0: I know, right? You know what? As soon as we finish recording, I'm sending you a Facebook invite to it.
1: <laughs> you're
0: you're in this now,
1: Chica. I'm totally going to be there. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's all I have for uh, for this week. You got anything else on your end?
1: I, I do not. That's none of your business.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I should probably reword that. <laughs> um, well, cool, then. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and close this on out. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 41 of the Atlas Podcast. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com.
1: My name is Chicago Mickelson, graphic designer and independent filmmaker.
0: And we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody.